When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Trot's Life and I'll call it the owner of the week segment, Brett Cole. Brett, welcome to Trot's Life, mate. How are you and whereabouts are you today? Uh, good, thanks, Adam, mate. Uh, we're actually in Morong on a job site at the moment, yeah. What do you do for work? Give yourself a plug, mate. Uh, we do uh, development land clearing, so clear land for subdivisions. Very good. Now... Harness racing for you, you, it feels like uh, from my research you've come and gone a little bit, but I assume it all started with your dad, Kevin, taking you to the trots. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Pretty much from about eight or nine, I've been driving horses with dad. Um, Got pretty keen on it in my late teens. Uh, Got my driver's license and we had a bit of a mishap. My mum passed away when I was uh, 17. Yeah. Got out of it for a little bit. And then um, spent a bit of time with Billy White, Ian White. Uh, they were pretty good for us when uh, Mum passed away. Uh, they taught me a hell of a lot. And then went to the races with Joe uh, one day and come back running um, George Mancher stables. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And then it escalated from there and started. Um, I spent a month with Joe, I think it was, at Georgia. He sort of showed me the ropes there. And then um, spent a couple of years training all Georgias and driving all Georgias. And, then um, finished up at George's and ended up at Gary Donaldson's. Okay, all right. Let's let's just wind this back a little bit. Where did the gamble fit in? A horse for your dad. That was 1998. So was that one of the horses that got you going? Yeah, my favourite horse still to this day. It's a bit of a funny story. Um, I had some sales at Bendigo Harness Racing Club, sort of horses that had raced and everything. Yeah. So we went out to the sales and my mum had said to dad, uh, you can't go to sales, sort of, we haven't got a lot of money at the moment. So Dad rolled up the carpet and pulled out a water fifties and said, we're off to the sales. So <laughs> <I thought that. laughs> gambler and um, he was very good to us at the time. Um, and things were pretty ordinary because I said, we just bought him before Mum passed. And Ian and Bill actually took gambling workers for a little bit while we sort of got ourselves going and then got him home again. And yeah, I got my first winner on gambler at Maryborough, actually, yeah. Yeah, oh, so he's a very special horse to you then. What about the carpet at, at Mum and Dad's? Yeah, have you rolled a few more <laughs> sections of carpet oh, up to have a look? We, we look for sure, don't worry. Um, Mum was pretty cranky because she'd been vacuuming over it for ever and a day because that was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I would have been pulling up carpet secretly here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, no, I don't think you had enough to hide anymore. But, uh, <laughs> I think the sales were coming up and uh, wanted to make sure he had a bit of cash there to go. Yeah. And he was your first winner, Gambler, so that lives on in your memory of all time, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he won a couple in a short period of time for us, actually. Um, mm, three. Won the Nia the week later, I think it was. Yeah, yeah and then at Echuca as well, mate. So then, wh- wh- where's your dad at here? So you then start working for, as you said, uh, Georgie Mance and Gary Donaldson and your dad just keeps pottering along with a horse or two? Were you helping him out or what was the plan there or what was happening there? 
yeah, pretty much I worked all the horses with Dad until I went to George's, and then at George's I'd work all the horses. I was sort of on my own pretty much at George's, take them to a bit after lunch, and then I'd go and give Dad a hand, what was left there, and then mm. go back to George's, do the feed up, that kind of thing. And then obviously once this George's horses started racing, we were at the races every day, so Dad went back to doing it all on his own, I guess, for a while. Yeah. Um, but I still drove. Dad he stopped driving at that stage when I was driving, and I drove all Dad's as well. Um, and then when I went to Gary's, it was a little bit different, a little bit further from home, because George's were close to home. Um, so I sort of didn't help Dad for a little while there, just drove at the races. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, once I left Gary's, I pretty much had one horse after that that I trained myself. I didn't train a lot myself, just with George and Gary and Dad. Yeah. And he won a couple of races for us, and he broke down, and... I decided I'd never work a horse again, pretty much. <laughs> so, so so what did your dad do? He, obviously, he wasn't harness racing full-time. You must have worked as well and done the two together. Yeah, pretty much me and Dale left school at 15. Uh, worked with dad all my life uh, in, in around the horses. Like when I wasn't, in my younger days, obviously worked with stables. But when I got out of that, me and dad worked together pretty much from left school to until he got sick, actually, pretty much. Dad worked with me in the end. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to spend my whole life working with Dad pretty much the whole time. It's been great. Yeah, I was fortunate in that respect too. We, my, my dad ran a fencing company and I built fences for 14 years with him. So, And you miss it. You miss the hard yards. Uh, I don't miss the hard yards of fencing, but I do miss sharing those times with him. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, go. Okay. Sorry. We, we worked in the forest, so Dad worked in the timber industry pretty much all his life. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's, that's what I've done until the last five years we switched over to the development stuff. We always worked in the, in the timber industry. Yeah, okay. It's still a mill. We, we've got a mill at home, so but we won't go down that track. <laughs> so, 08, 09, your dad was training a horse, Lordy Girl, and you made a little reappearance as a trainer. Was that just you were in partnership, basically, with your dad training her at that time? Sort of, yeah. I, had a, I got out of it for a few years, um, down the love of food, I guess, and started to get a little bigger and thought I'd have a driving come back and I had one drive and the vest was a little tight so that's it to me I'm done <laughs> <laughs> so then a bit of time passes and by the sounds of it five years ago uh, there's a bit of a change to your job and your career etc and you, you I think you've had some kids by now and married and mortgages might be a little bit easier and you get the little bugger harness racing back again mate tell us how did that come about Pretty much uh, through COVID, I, I did a lot of competition wood chopping. Um, when I got out of horses, I got into the wood chopping. And I travelled all over Australia and got to go overseas a couple of times um, with that. And then through COVID, that all slowed down, and I started helping Dad again off to the trials and started doing a bit of track work. And then thought I'm going to get another horse again, so I sold my old house and uh, bought some land and built a new house and ended up putting a track and some stables in and that kind of thing and. Still hadn't had a horse by then, so when got the old horse I bought five years earlier out of the paddock and started working him. That's pretty much how it all started, how it all went. So you were just speculating at this stage. You decided, oh, well, I'll build a track and stables, and then I'll I'll get the horse secondary. Pretty well. Um, we had Tony Dillon at home shoeing a couple for Dad, and um, I said to Tony, I'm going to start working a horse, and Dad and Tony started laughing at me, and I said, I'm going to work the old one in the paddock. And, yeah. Um, it's even harder. That we went and got him out and got Tony to put a set of shoes on him, and he's still racing now. But uh, he got me back. He's not a very good horse. He had one win for us, but um, 
he got me back into racing, so he'll sort of hang around for the rest of the days, I guess. Just that feeling of getting back in the cart and just sitting and jogging a horse, and I've spoken with this with a lot of people, that 10 or 15 minutes of just pure peace, mate. The, f- the phone probably doesn't ring in that time because it's not in the pocket and... There's no kids or anyone annoying you or anything. You just get some time by yourself. Is that important? Uh, very important, especially nowadays. Like work life is pretty hectic. Um, hmm. and, you know, one of the employees, you're organising all the time. Um, but yeah, as you say, you get on the horses and you forget all that. But also for us, we don't do it to make money nowadays. Where years ago we were trying to make a living out of it, and it was uh, when I was at George's or Gary's and yeah. trying to drive us as much as I was trying to like, trying to get his lot of drives and that sort of thing. But these days, you know, if we go to the race and we run a place, we're happy. You know, we, um, it's not about the money for us. It's just the pure enjoyment. There were some good horses at George's when you were there. Golden Keisha, Hazza Bazza won his first two-year-old race with you driving him. Yeah, Hazza Bazza was a bit of a freak, actually. Um, there was a mare there called Ballerana, um, and I, won, I think I won five or six races with her. She was a pretty handy mare, and as a late yearling he could sit on the outside of her and, and beat her he was he was a freak so yeah. sort of having a bit of trouble getting along with George in the end and um, I was hanging in for, for him so I think I broke the track record and maybe quit the next day I think it was yeah at, at Maryborough with Hazard Bazzard at his third start his first win B. Cole yeah that's right yep yeah, yeah, very good. He was a very, very talented trotter who I don't believe we saw the best of. And some horses around that time that he was racing against included something about Mary, who did a little bit. Yeah, no, he, he was, as I said, he was a freak. I was lucky enough to drive a few handy horses, especially in track work, but um, he's the best I've ever sat behind. And yeah. when you drive ordinary horses and you finally get behind a good one, you can certainly tell the difference, I can assure you. And what what was the story with the wood chopping? Was that something you always did, or did that come through the forestry connection, or what what was all behind the wood chopping? Where did that kick in? And because uh, we always worked in the in the forest, um, so you sort of have that timber background. And into, yeah. And then my two cousins got into wood chopping a few years prior, and um, yeah, I sort of followed them into the we're pretty close and followed them into the sport. Um, so I spent probably. 15 or 16 years traveling all over the countryside with the wood chopping um and like they're still chopping now still still involved a little bit but i don't go to the shows anymore um just too much time with the horses and work now but um but no wood chopping was great for me good social side it was really good so was there an earn in that when you were going to shows and stuff and winning etc did you get a little did you get enough to sort of make ends meet and pay its way if, if that makes sense yeah, early days when I first well when I first went out because they have novice events there, sort of like your maidens in horse racing. Yeah. When I went out of novices into open class, I had a fair bit of luck early days and won quite a lot. And most wins are about three hundred dollars a win at country show. You might have you know two or three events at each show you compete for. Yeah. Um. So the money was okay, but we did um about thirty five, forty thousand k's a year. Yeah. Following it around, so you put it all back in the fuel tank. But my kids grew up going to a show every weekend, and you know. Until I got late teens, they they loved it. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what class did you get to? If you're a horse, if if we're talking wood chopping, were you a C6 M1 or were you a C14 M5? Very close to championship stage in my yeah. earlier days. So probably, oh yeah, probably a C6 border and an MO class, but then 
turned into a, into a climber pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think by the sounds of it, you were sort of a derby horse, but you just didn't quite kick on as a four and five year old. Yeah, I think I found the love of the social side a bit more appealing than the training side. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, very good. So you're back training horses, and you get your own place. Does does Dad come out and give you a hand out there? At, like once you've got Speculator going, is that how that worked? Yeah, pretty much. When I got interested, me and Dad worked Speculator together from my place. I changed Dad's stables to my place, so we could work together, work the horses together as well. Uh, so he'd come over in the morning, we'd work the horses, his and mine, and then um, we'd go to work from home. Until he got sick, um, it was, as I said, it was great because um, it, it was, um, yeah, he spent every day with Dad working horses. And before we move on, Mikey, your brother, what, what was his role? Did he ever get involved in the, heart, in, the, in the driving and training side of things or was he a, a managing director behind the scenes? He'll tell you he did, but uh, I don't think I recall him sitting behind a horse, to be honest with you. <laughs> Lucky horse if you didn't, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, very good. So you've mentioned a couple of times about your dad being unwell, and I reckon it was, what, about the middle of last year, was it? Tell us about this, because this obviously slows you all down a bit. Yeah, it was probably, say, roughly six months ago. Um, he came to my house, actually with his horse on, for, to get it work, like to work it. And he was pretty sick, vomiting and that sort of stuff. So he rushed him into hospital and um, turned out he'd had an infection in his stomach that got into his pancreas and um, then shut his kidney down to 3%. So he's pretty lucky to be here, yeah. He but is. affected memory and things like that now, which is, it's been a lot of work for all their family. My sister and my brother are all pretty close. Um, it's been a lot of work to, to sort of look after him, but uh, we're happy to do it. At one stage, mate, uh, on socials, you know, Mikey said that it was that you were you were pretty much told to say your goodbyes. No, no, we were. I took him, Michael and my sister were in Melbourne at a concert, and I rushed him into the hospital and they had to bring him up there. The doctor told me to call everybody up and say your goodbyes because uh, he wasn't going to make it, and they weren't going to do any treatment because it was sort of that bad. And then they took him up to ICU, pretty much to pass away, and. Um, the doctor up there changed his mind or overrode the other doctors and they put him on dialysis and things like that and uh, pretty much saved his life, yeah. Just the medication things have played with his memory a little bit. Um, so hopefully that might come good, but it doesn't look likely. Yeah, okay. But so <laughs> they didn't realise how hardy he was and, and the background and being a countryman and involved in harness racing is probably a lot hardier than what people would realise. Yeah, I think just that generation are a lot tougher breed than what we are, I reckon. Like, yeah. like put up he's put up with in his lifetime, that's for sure. So he, he's home now? Is he at home now with you, or where where is he now, Kevin? No, he's at, at his house. He, he has a partner there he um, lives with, but she works on the weekend, so between her, my sister and... Myself and Michael, we just share. He's got 24-hour care, so we just share it all between us. Um, but he comes out nearly every day. Um, between, he's with my sister a lot. She's got a business too, so he floats around with her. See what's going on with all the other grandkids, and spends a lot of time at my place. If I've got a jogger day, I'll go and pick him up and put him in the car and jog the horse on the jogger and that sort of thing. Try and uh, keep the interest there for him. How important is that the harness racing horses now to him? 
that's all he talks about, yeah, every day because his memory's playing up, as I said. He'll say, I've got to go and work my horses. And yeah. that's what the heart is telling him. He hasn't got any at his place. They're all at my place. <laughs> Speculators potentially in uh, at Cobram today uh, and Rockstar Saint. How much would it mean to you to win a race, just one more race with Speculator? Uh, it'd mean a lot. Uh, as I said, it's probably one of the only horses Dad really remembers. Um, he remembers a couple from a long, long time ago. But, um, you know, it'd mean a lot to, to Dad. He remembers that horse. Me and my sister bought Speculator about six years ago for Dad to work, and he didn't go real good, so we put him in the paddock for all that time. Hmm. Um, and he, he really remembers, as I said, it's the only horse he really remembers of the last sort of 15 years in a roundabout way, 10 years. And he's win at stall. He won at stall, what's that, early last year sometime, and uh, does that stick in his memory strongly? Yeah, he still remembers that, that one. Um, he doesn't remember a lot of the others, but, yeah, that one sticks in his memory pretty good, which is which is great for us, yeah. Yeah, too right. <laughs> I want to remember the wins too. <laughs> yeah, we don't get many, so we've got to make the most of the ones we get, that's for sure. Well, Brett, yeah, off to Cobra, mate, uh, and with Speculator potentially and, and Rockstar Saint, depending on scratchings, etc. with Speculator, but having heard your story and shared your journey a little bit with your dad, Kevin, as well, uh, I'm sure everyone will be just looking for this win to come along and the next win for Speculator, a month, one perhaps for Rockstar Saint. Yeah, I'm not sure about Rockstar Saint getting a win on his last start, but um, Speculator... He's just an old plugger, but I think he will get another one in those low-class ratings at some point. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, today. Very good. Best of luck, Brett. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you.